And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. Verse 10, When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And then skipping down to verse 16, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick. Verse 16 there said, He cast out the spirits with his word. With his word, it says, and he healed all that were sick with his word. I want to preach this morning for a few minutes, and I hope you'll allow me to preach a little while since we didn't have life classes. And since I let you sleep in a little bit longer this morning, but I hope you'll let me preach this morning. I want to preach a little bit about that I need a word. I need a word. Why don't you touch your neighbor and say, I need a word. Why don't you touch somebody else and say, I need a word today. I need a word. Praise the Lord. Jesus, thank you for your precious truth, this word, O oh God. And I pray that it would make sense to us. I pray there would be clarity this morning, God. I pray that, Lord, you would open... Lord, up our understanding to what you would have us to know this morning. Bless the remainder of this service, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I need a word this morning. And there are days in every one of our lives that we simply need a word from the Lord. We need a word that God speaks into our life. We need a word from God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There are days that come in our life where we need the Lord to tell us something, to clarify something, to direct us, to deliver us, to heal us. There are seasons, there are struggles, there are battles when we need the Lord to speak to us, to help us in that moment. Some of you have finished 2022 on a high note and you're looking you're you're in 2023 and you're saying, "Lord, tell me where do we go from here?" But some of you may have finished up last year and just kind of on a, on a downward slide and you're saying, God, I need a word this morning. I need you, Lord, to turn, help me turn the corner. Tell me, Lord, what I need to know this morning. Amen. It doesn't make you a failure to rely on God's word. Can you say amen to that? It does not make you a failure to rely on God's word. It makes you human. Often... It's a, it's a current word. It's a word for the moment. It's a word for the hour. It's, it's when the Lord speaks to you where you are in that moment that it refreshes us and it strengthens us and it helps us in that moment. It, in fact, the Bible says it is the washing of the water by the word. There's a cleansing, a refreshing, and, and there are times in our life that when we're facing a battle... We're saying, God, where are you? Speak to me, Lord, in my low moment. Speak to me, Lord, as I walk through this time. 
as I go through the season, as I go through the, the battle, Lord, I, I need you, Lord, to speak to me today. Amen. God has a word for you. I need a word. And don't, don't act all tough on me this morning like you don't need God to speak to you. I need a word. Amen. Once you touch somebody, tell them again, I need a word. I need God to speak to me. You need God to speak to you this morning. Because there's power in God's word. More power than often we realize. More power in the word of God than we even think about sometimes. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and the marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And then the very next verse says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Amen. You know what? God's Word has the ability. Now listen to me for a minute. God's Word has the ability to interpret the season that you're in right now. And there's a, there's a cross-section of people here in this room that are in different seasons in your life and in different, different levels of your relationship with the Lord. But I, I need you to know this morning that God's Word can interpret the season that you are in. Not just me, but that you are walking in right now. That's why I say you need a word. You need a word from God because he can interpret where you are. He is a discerner of the thoughts. You're thinking things right now. There are things swirling around in the gray matter between your ears right now that's going on and God knows everything about it. He knows your motives. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows your high points and your low points. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. All things are open and naked under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. How many times has a person facing struggles and facing difficulties walked into a service like this and as the word of God was taught and as the word of God was preached, God began to weave his way into that specific person's situation and he began to speak to them right where they were at in that moment. It was so real. It was so, the preacher knew nothing about where they were at in the moment. But it was so real that God began to speak to them right where they were at. And they, they, they walk away from the service. How did the preacher know I was dealing with that issue? How did, how did they know I was facing that in my job situation? The preacher didn't know, but God knew. Hallelujah. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. How often has it happened in your daily Bible reading that you begin to read the Scripture and something comes alive off, off the pages of the black and white of the Scripture and it brings fresh insight and confirmation what a person ha has believed for years. Some of you walked into church this morning. Maybe somebody walked into church this morning. Maybe it was you. And, and you need a word from the Lord. I, don't, I may not know what you faced last week or what kind of a year that you might have had, but you need a word from God today. I just want you to know, please don't check out, please don't dismiss this as preacher talk, but God has a word for you right where you are at today. You need to hear the Lord right now. You need to hear God pushing into your spirit. This is not Pastor Hanson. This is the Holy Ghost that's checking your spirit right now. 
The Holy Ghost is working in your life. It's saying, do this, don't do this. It's saying, go this direction, don't go that direction. The Holy Ghost is saying, it's time to rise up. The Holy Ghost is saying, it's time to go this way. Praise the Lord. That is the Spirit of God that's talking to you. Amen. I have prayed. I have sought the Lord. I have asked the Lord for for what He would have me to say. And this is what He laid on my heart. This is what the Lord opened to my understanding early yesterday morning I was, as I was reading the Scripture. And so I know the Lord is talking to hearts. I know the Holy Ghost is here moving. Praise the Lord. It, it's like Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet. You remember Jeremiah? He's called the weeping prophet. Because he wasn't truly effective by the world's measures and by the world's standards. Because there weren't a lot of people that accepted what Jeremiah had to say. And Jeremiah said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word. This is what he said. He said his word was like fire shut up in my bones. Praise the Lord. I'm just here to tell somebody in this room, somebody online, God has a word for you. God is speaking. His word is alive. It is a word today. Amen. That's what the centurion who came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 That's what he said to Jesus. And when he came to Jesus, he said, My servant is at home, and he's sick of the palsy. He was a bedridden, paralytic man, servant, who could not get out of bed. And Jesus said this, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion, the the Roman soldier, a centurion was over a hundred soldiers in the Roman army. Somebody said they were the backbone of the Roman army. And this centurion, he said to Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word only. And my servant will be made whole. Now, when I got into this and I started digging a little bit, I got pretty excited, Aubrey. Because because when Jesus told that centurion, who most likely wasn't even a Jew... But when he told that centurion, he said, I will come and heal him. Brother Jones, the Greek word is something like therapo. And I'm not a Greek scholar, and I don't speak Greek very much. I can say logos and agape and, and things like that. But, but the Greek word there, when Jesus said, I will come and heal him, was therapo. Think, think about the word therapy. It's a Greek word that means he's going to come and treat him. And, and help he's going to come and lay hands upon him and treat him but when the centurion answered jesus and he said you don't have to come to my house but from a distance you can just speak the word and my servant will be healed that is a different greek word and that greek word i can't even say it's like imo or iomai and that greek word means instantaneously miracle miraculous healing So what this man was saying to Jesus was, Jesus, you don't have to come and lay hands on my servant and treat him and do therapy. You can just speak the word where you are, and from a distance, he can be miraculously healed. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, you need a word from the Lord. Hallelujah. You need the Lord to speak a miracle into your life. Amen. And so the Lord instantaneously healed Jesus, healed that centurion's servant. Praise the Lord. He was telling the Lord, I need a word. And here's what some of us here in this room need to do. We need to start speaking out to the Lord. 
And we, we need to pray this. Lord, I need a word. God, speak to me. You say the Lord doesn't care about me. I'm going to tell you, he loves you with an everlasting love. Praise the Lord. He knows, you know what the Bible says? A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. God has a word that's right on time. Right on time. Top it right on time. That's the way God speaks. He is right, right where you're at. Praise the Lord. <laughs> a word from the Lord. God, just speak the word. Speak, Lord, we, you don't have to come. You don't have to come to where I'm at. Lord, just from a distance, speak your word. And the answer comes, and the healing happens, and, and deliverance. Praise the Lord. Reconciliation. When God speaks the word. See, see, the Lord has the ability. Y'all still with me? The Lord has the ability to calm your storms. How? By speaking the word. See, the disciples got on the boat, and the boat started rocking, and the winds were blowing, and the storm was, there was all kinds of trouble, and Jesus is asleep, and they're afraid. Because of the storm, just like in life, right, somebody? Just like in life, there are storms, there are seasons, there are battles, there are struggles. There is nobody that's listening to me that is exempt from struggles. We fight the battles, and we go through those seasons, and Jesus is on the boat asleep. But all Jesus did is he got up and he said, why are you so afraid? Peace, be still. Did you come to church this morning with some fear? Did you come to church with some anxiety? Why are you so fearful? Peace, be still. There is a word for you. Oh, I, the Lord is trying to tell you something. Peace, peace, be still. You say, I'm not afraid. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. We all have fears. We have fears. What are you afraid of? Are you, are you afraid of rejection and failure? That's a real fear. This, you're real people, right? I'm not preaching to a bunch of cardboard pictures here. Fear of rejection and fear of failure. But the Lord has a word for you. The Lord has a, he has a word for you. He says, you are loved. You, greater love hath no man than this. He loves you. God is love. Uh, what People have all kinds of anxieties, and they deal with all kinds of struggles. Some people are afraid of the future. Give me a good nod. Because some, some well, none of us, we don't know what is ahead of us. And it creates this, this anxiety. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to a family or finances or job? What's going to happen in the future? What's gonna, and we, we fear things like that. But here's what the Lord says. Are you listening? I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house are many mansions. See, there's a word for you. He said, be still and know that I am God. Some people are afraid of death and dying. But Jesus said this. He said, he said be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
Jesus said, Behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. You know what some people are afraid of? I might just step on your toes right now, but you know what some people are afraid of? You're afraid of losing control. You're afraid of losing control of the people around you. You're afraid of losing control of your finances. That's why some people don't even give because, and I'm not going to get on giving this morning, but some people are afraid of giving because they're afraid of losing control. They're afraid. But you know what Jesus said this? He said, take, this is Matthew 6, 25, take no thought for your life. I've got a word for you right now. If you're afraid of losing control, Jesus said, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? God's got a word for you. Let it go. Let it go. Come on, somebody, let it go. Y'all gonna let me preach here for a little bit? He said, let it go. That's your word. That's your word. Trust God with the future. Trust God with what's coming in your life. Amen. The, the Lord knows exactly where we're at. And so he got in that boat and he said, peace be still. And there was a calm. It's amazing. It's amazing. The calmness that sets in when we hear the word of God. That's why it's so important. And this is, it's why I'm, I'm making such a strong push in every one of our lives right now. Go read your Bible. Go read your Bible. This is why it's so important. Because God's going to speak to you when you open your Bible in the morning. God's going to speak to you when you open that, that word up and you read a scripture, or you read a chapter, or you read three chapters. God's going to speak to you right where you... There is power in this word. It has an impact on where you're at right now. This is why it's so important that every person that can be in the house of God, go to the house of God. Because there's preaching and there's teaching. God's going to speak to us. It's not uncommon for people to grow. See, see, I, I'm, not, I'm not some super experienced, seasoned, tenured pastor, but I have been pastoring long enough, Sister Wallace, to watch the habits of people who start laying out a church and missing this service and that service, and, and before long they missed the several services, and then suddenly they're missing every Wednesday night or every other Sunday, and they're missing, and then they're not even reading their Bible. You know what I've noticed, Sister Wallace, is they get weaker and weaker and weaker. Why are they getting weaker? Because God's not speaking to them. There's power in the Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get in the book. Let's get in the book. Let's read the book. Let's get to the house of God because God's going to strengthen us. God's going to refresh us. And it is the trick of the enemy. It is the trick of the devil to get you so busy and so consumed with things going on in your life that you don't have time to listen to what God is trying to tell you. But the answer that you're seeking for and the, 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 the solution to where you're at is in the Word of God. God, I need a word. I need a word. It's like the psalmist said in Psalm 73, my feet were almost slipped. I almost, I almost lost out. I almost backslid, Sister Melody. I almost lost completely out with God until I went to the house of God. And then I understood their end, Brother Jimmy. Then I understood their end because somebody brought perspective back. 
Somebody brought an eternal perspective back to my life to let me know that life is not just about working a job. Life is not just about making a little money and retiring and hoping to have a, 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 you know, a, a, a nice time the last season of my life. There is, so much, there is an eternity that is hanging in the balance. And so I go to the house of the Lord and somebody preaches about heaven or somebody preaches about hell and, somebody, and all of a sudden it brings clarity to where I'm at. Hallelujah, I need a word. He calms our storms. I want you to know this word will comfort you in your grief. It will, somebody say comfort. It will comfort you in the grief, in your grief. Yesterday at Brother Porter's brother's uh, funeral service, the preacher, and I, and I don't remember his name, I, didn't, I, don't, I, I met him, but I didn't get his name, but the, the preacher, he was, he was uh, doing his part in the service, and he read 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And it says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And, and then the, the pastor began to talk about how much God cares about us and expounding on that. And, and what a fitting word for that service and how we can cast our cares upon him. See, sometimes there's seasons in our life when we need to hear that kind of a word. Hallelujah. There are days that we need to know that we can cast all of our anxieties on the Lord because we know He cares for us. We know we need to hear the Psalm 23. We need to hear David telling us, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. See, I need to hear that once in a while. I need to hear the, that word. I need to recite that. I need to read it from the the. The, the pages of this book because God comforts us in our grief. He changes. God changes our destiny through the preached word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord changes destinies through the preached word of God. Paul said this, I think it was to Titus. He said that God has Chosen by the foolishness, or Corinthians, by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The foolishness of, see the preached word of God, the preaching of the gospel, it changes destinies. There are our lives here this morning, people in this room, our eternal destination was changed because somebody preached the gospel to us. A pastor, an evangelist, somebody let us know, hey, go repent of your sins. And we obeyed the gospel and we repented. Somebody preached to us to be baptized in Jesus' name and we were baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody said, you need the gift of the Holy Ghost and we asked God for the Holy Ghost and he gave us, he filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. I need the preaching of the gospel because it changes destinations. It changes destinies. That's why Jesus said, preach the gospel to every creature. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is the power of God unto salvation. My pastor used to quote this many times. I heard him say it several times over the years I sat under him. But he used to say, he used to say, it's Oswald Smith. Why should anyone hear the gospel twice before everyone has heard it once? And I like that statement because it reminds us that we need to reach people with the gospel. <laughs> we need to be telling people. 
We ought to be reaching people. We ought to be teaching Bible studies. We ought to be telling our friends. We ought to be telling our neighbors. Why should anyone hear the gospel twice before everyone's heard it at least once? But another author that I read, his name is Jerry Bridges, and he made this statement. He said, we ought to preach the gospel to ourselves every day to remind ourselves of God's love and forgiveness. And I like that statement too. We ought to preach the gospel to ourselves every day because there's forgiveness in the gospel. Praise the Lord. There's, see, some, sometimes we need that word. Preach the gospel. There's forgiveness. There's, there's restitution. There's reconciliation in the Lord. Praise the Lord. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. When Jesus began to teach a whole crowd of people, he got into some, some heavy territory. And when in John chapter 6, when he began to speak, and the, the people began to walk away. People didn't want to hear. Jesus was talking about, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you shall have no part of me. And the people said, huh? What's he talking about? He's talking about giving yourselves. He's talking about committing, fully committing yourself. He said, except, except you... you partake of where where i'm going and except you don't except you have a cross he said you die the death you follow the path and these people they they were just scratching their heads wondering and they began to drift off and jesus turned to his disciples and he said will you also go away will you also go away and then in verse number 68 the next one up there peter answered him and said lord to whom shall we go everybody see the verse on the screen Thou hast the words of eternal life. Thou hast the words of eternal life. See, because the word of God, it changes destinies. It changes destinies. We need the preaching of the word. We need the teaching of the word. We need an eternal perspective. I, I, Brother, Brother Anthony Mangan, he, I, I saw a clip of him preaching some time back, and he, I think it was at the Louisiana camp meeting, but he had, a, he had a table set out as he was preaching. He had the Monopoly board. I think it was Monopoly. You might have seen this. But he's preaching about eternity. We need preaching about eternity sometimes, don't we? We need to hear about eternal issues. But Brother Mangan was preaching, and he said, life is kind of like this Monopoly game. And he said, we go through life, and we get our cash, and we get our houses and our cars. And, and he said, we go through, we accumulate all this stuff. He said, but when the game is over, he said, all that money and all those cars and all those houses and all those hotels go right back in the box. And he said, you cl they close the lid, and they put the box six feet under. And his point was is that it's not all about what you can accumulate and you can amass in this world. But someday we're gonna, they're going to put us in a box and we're going in the grave. That there is eternity at stake. And some of us, we need to shake our spiritual soul right now. And understand there is so much more going on than just what we can accumulate in this life. Praise the Lord. It is about eternal perspective. So I need a word. I need, the pre I, need a, I need a preacher. I need a preacher. I need a preacher to let me know that if I don't repent, I'm going to perish. I need a preacher to let me know that except my sins are forgiven, except they're under the blood, I'm going to give an account for those sins. Thank God. Thank God for a word. Thank God for a word that came right on time. You know what the word of God will do for you? It will confirm what you already know to be true. 
Now I want you to just, just settle in here with me for just a minute. I'm not going to preach too much longer. But I want, you, I want you to grab onto this point. Because there are times that doubts creep into our mind. And skepticism rises up. Is that really all true? Is that really, is that really what the... But there are so many other people that believe other things. Is, 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 is that really true? But then we walk into a service, a Wednesday night Bible study. Who some, some, some people just, eh, it's just Wednesday night. I'm not going to come on Wednesday night. But we walk into a Wednesday night Bible study. And the pastor opens a Bible and he begins teaching about the new birth. That's what I've always believed. And it confirms what we already know to be true. You know what the Bible says in Romans 10, 17? The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, it says, For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And sometimes our faith kind of ebbs, and sometimes it kind of takes a low turn, when, and we start questioning whether or not that's true. But we hear it preached, or we hear it taught, and our faith rises Yes, that's the truth. I believe in the new birth message that except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> Isn't that right? It increases our faith when we hear it preached, when we hear oneness of God preached and taught. Oh, it thrills my heart. I know the majority of Christendom has followed followed some teaching that, had came, that came about in the 3rd and the 4th century called the Doctrine of the Trinity. I'm not bashing anybody, but I know most of Christendom is following that false teaching that came out of the Council of Nicaea and the Council of, of Chalcedon, that, that teaching that was post-biblical. But the apostles and uh, Moses and Abraham, all of them believed that Jesus is the Almighty God come in the flesh. And when I hear preaching and I hear teaching about the oneness of God, it thrills my heart. It boosts my faith. Say, yes. Amen, preacher. I go to camp meeting and they preach about it. I'm, 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 yeah, yes. Because it lifts my faith. That's, you know, sometimes, sometimes we come to church and, and I'll just tell you outright as a pastor, there are core doctrines that I'm going to teach and I'm going to preach on a regular basis. I'm going to teach the new birth. I'm going to preach about the new birth. I'm going to talk about the necessity of baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm going to preach about, the, um, about one God. I'm going to preach about the necessity of holiness and separation and loving not the world because we need to hear that. If we don't hear it, we lose it. If it's not preached, if it's not taught, it gets away from us. So we need to hear preaching about holiness. We need to hear about separation and gender distinction. Come on, church. We need to hear that stuff because it's in the Word of God. It is in the Word of God. And when it comes to us on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a youth service or whenever, when it comes to us, it says, yes, that's what I've heard for years. That's what's been taught. Yes, it confirms the Word. And so I need a Word. I need a Word. I need, there, are, there are times in my life I need to hear it one more time. Preach it to me again. Preach it to me again. And say some, sometimes people, they come in and they say, oh, preacher's going to preach on Acts 2.30 again. Check out. I've heard this all before. I don't need to hear this again. Wait a minute. It just might mean that God is going to confirm what you already have heard to be true. He confirms our belief. Praise the Lord. He confirms what we know to be true in the word of the Lord. 
And it not only confirms, I mean, doctrine matters, you know? Doctrine matters. Because you say, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's just church. It's just groups of people. It doesn't matter what people believe. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this, that it is the truth that makes you free. It's not lies. Lies don't set you free. Lies condemn. Lies, lies destroy. Lies, excuse me, let me say, lies destroy lives. And so, and so we follow the truth and we need to hear the truth. But you know what? The Word of God doesn't only confirm what we already know to be true. Let me tell you what else it'll do. It will correct the steps that while we're walking, while we're following the Lord, sometimes we'll hear a word and the Lord will give us a little gentle nudge. He'll kind of push us back in line. He says, you, you strayed here. The, the, uh, is, it second, is it 2 Timothy 3.16 that says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction. It is for correction. And sometimes the Word of God corrects our steps. See, see I'm going I'm to get back on it here. This is, why, this is why everybody needs to be reading your Bible, young people included. Sister Christie, push it on them. Push them on them. I don't care if they don't like it. Push it on them. They need to be reading the Bible. Read it. Love it. Fall in love. Because I'm, I'm not, the, more you, the more you do it, the more you love it. If you don't have a relationship with God, and you know, it, you're, it's always going to be seeming distant. But if you'll take one step at a time and start walking closer to the Lord and maybe reading a chapter a day or reading two chapters a day, you'll fall in love with this book because it comes alive where you're at. But the Lord will correct our steps from time to time through His Word as it's taught, as it's preached. His Word, Psalm 119, 105. His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's like this book is a flashlight and it's shining the path where I need to go. Hallelujah! God's showing me. It's, it's a word for today. You see, there is nothing hid from the Lord. The Lord knows there. He knows my words. The Lord knows my thought. The Lord knows what I thought about yesterday and the day before. The Lord knows the intents of my heart. The Lord knows my motives. All things are open to His eyes. There's nothing going on up here in my mind that the Lord doesn't recognize and is not aware of it. And because the Lord already knows. See, you've got secrets that I don't know about. You've got secrets that I don't know about, but the Lord knows about them. And so He can speak to you on a level that I can't. He can speak to you through His Word. And you know, and we come to church. We come, we re read our Bibles in the morning. And the Lord corrects our steps. And you know what? Maybe we're not involved in some, some deep, immoral sexual sin but you know what maybe we've got selfishness going on you know what selfishness is just as much of a sin as adultery <clears throat> maybe maybe we're not committing some some sin that would destroy our public life you know as a pastor if i got involved in certain things it would destroy my ministry it would. But you know what? 
And, and maybe we're not involved in something like that. Brother Daniel, maybe there's pride in there. And you know what? The Lord will prompt us. and po- He said, you need to get that pride out of your heart. See, sometimes we let sin dwell way too long. And the Lord convicts us of things. You know, maybe we're not involved in, in that kind of behavior, but maybe we're doing this over here. Maybe we've got this, this resentfulness. Maybe we're holding on to resentment. The Lord's saying, get it out. The Lord's saying, get it out. See, the Lord will correct us. He will guide our steps. He will show us the way. I read at the beginning this morning, at the beginning of my message in Matthew 8, 16, and I know I preached a long time this morning, but I'm going to just plow on for just a few more minutes. Will you let me? <laughs> it's probably pretty good. I've got the microphone. Huh. Matthew 8, 16, and I, I value your time. I respect your time. Matthew 8, 16, Jesus said this, or says this. We read it as our text. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out. This is where I want you to hone in or just focus in for just a moment. But he cast out the spirits with his word. He cast out the spirits with with his word. Now I'm going to I'm going to say some things here for just a moment that that might seem a little bit new to you or different. But I'm going to tell you that there are Holy Ghost people, Holy Ghost filled people, people who say they are filled with the spirit of God, who are who are being oppressed and they are under the influence of the enemy, spiritual enemy. The Bible talks about, to the church in the New Testament, the Bible talks about seducing spirits. And there are people who received the Holy Ghost maybe 5, 10, 20, 35 years ago that they have let the spirit of the age catch up with them and the spirit of the world, and they they are being dragged down spiritually one bite at a time. You say, well, I got the Holy Ghost such and such a date. I was baptized such and such a date. But I'm going to tell you what the enemy is doing. He's taking one bite out of you at a time. He's wearing, it's what Daniel, the book of Daniel says, the wearing out of the saints. And the saints of, there are saints of God who need victory in the word of God. They need victory over that oppressive spirit that's been hounding them. The demons that are hovering over them, telling them they're a failure. They'll never make it to heaven. They're just taking one bite out of them out of time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever come under that influence where, where the enemy just keeps hounding you and hounding you and pulling at you and pushing on you, telling you you'll never amount to anything? I'm going to tell you there is victory in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Word of God. Amen. Here's what you need to do. If I'm talking to you right now, if I'm talking, if, if the enemy is at, your, is at your back right now and he's pulling on you and, and, and dragging you down, here's what you need to do. You need to begin to speak the word. You need to open that book right up. You need to open this book right here, 1 John 4, 4. You know what 1 John 4, 4 says? It says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You need to speak that word out. See, you need a word. You need a word. You need to, you need to turn in this book to Isaiah 54, 17 that says, that says, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. There is a word for you, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to preach here this morning, that there is power in the word of God, power to change your destiny, power 
to change where you're at. Power to lift you out of the funk that you have been just kind of mired in for so long. There is power in the Word. You need to get in the Word of God. Hallelujah. You know what the Word of God will do for you? It will create a new reality. It will create a new reality. About eight times, I think it is, eight or nine times in the first chapter of Genesis, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said there was light, and there was light. Hebrews 11.3 says, by, the, we, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith we understand God spoke things into existence. By his, and God said, and it happened. And God said, and it happened. And God said, and it happened. It created a new reality where there was a void, where there was darkness. When God began to speak, it created a new reality. I'm going to give you a verse here, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. This is one of the most profound verses in the entire Bible. It is a very important verse, especially if you want success in your life. If you'll help me, Aubriana, put Romans chapter 4, verse 17. And I want you to just look at this verse with me for a minute because it's a verse that can change your life. Because it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed even God. Notice this, God who quickeneth the dead. And he calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's, that's, what, you need to, that's what you need to hold on to right now. God calls things which be not as though they were. That's how God speaks prophetically. See, God sees your life and my life as a full life that's already lived. He knows the end from the beginning. God knows every detail about our lives. He sees the entire picture, and God can speak to our future. He can speak about things that are going to happen in our life before they've ever come about. Praise the Lord. God can speak victory in your life even when you're mired, even when you're struggling, even when you're in the middle of the battle. God's speaking victory. God is speaking victory. See, there's a word for you. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you stand with me, Aubrey? Help me. If you came to service this morning and you're needing a word, I'm just telling you God's got a word for you. He calms your storm. He comforts you in your grief. He changes your destiny. He'll confirm what you've already believed. Oh, I thank God for that. He'll correct your steps. He'll cast out the evil influence and demon, demonic activity in your life. He'll create a new reality. You say, how, pastor? You preached all this time this morning. How is this all going to happen? Here's, here's how it's going to happen. Is you've got to go to Jesus. You've got to go to Jesus. You have to go to the Word manifest in the flesh. The centurion came to the Lord and said, my servant is grievously tormented. My servant needs healing. Lord, just speak the word and my servant can be made whole. You have to go to the word. See, again, that centurion was not a Jew. That centurion was not raised in the Jewish faith. Yet, he still turned to the Lord when he had nowhere else to turn. Think about this with me. I'm almost done. He was not a Jew. He was not raised in the Jewish faith. And yet he went to Jesus to meet his need. You know what that tells me this morning? 
is that you don't have to be raised in this thing. You don't have to have this long pedigree or this fantastic legacy. All you got to do is you got to go to the Lord and say, God, I need a word. I need a word for where I'm at, where I'm, what I'm facing, where I'm at right now. See, the, the problem with a lot of people is they're turning to all kinds of other sources for a word. They're, they're, they're picking up their phones and they're looking for an answer, they're looking for a word. They're going to their friends and they're thinking their friends may have the right word, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to fall short if you're looking for an answer right here. And you're, you're, going, to, you're going to be disappointed if you're looking for a word strictly in your friends. But if you'll go to Jesus, if you'll go to Jesus, if you need a word, this is, this is where the Lord can speak to you. Would you bow your heads with me with just right where you're standing this morning? Heavenly Father, I look to you so grateful for the truth of your word, your, your the scriptures, oh God, that are so complete. This scripture, Lord, that is forever settled. And God, we know that it will not return void, but it will accomplish that which you purpose. And Lord, you see this wonderful group of people in this sanctuary this morning, and you know everything about us. There's nothing, Lord, that, it, that you're not already aware of. And I pray this morning, God, that wherever each one of us are at, and Lord, in whatever struggle, if there are battles going on, Lord, you're, I'm asking you to speak to that person. Jesus, I'm asking you to help that person, Lord, where they're at. Lord, I don't know all about the situations, but Lord, you do. And I'm praying, God, that you would speak a word of peace to those that are in the middle of storms. I'm asking you, Lord, to correct those who have strayed and go to, gone, gone away, Lord, from your perfect plan. I'm asking you, Lord, to speak, Lord, life into those that need a destiny change. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we're praying here this morning, if you need the Lord to speak to you, I'm going to invite you to step up here to the front around this altar area. I don't want you to be worried about anybody else. I don't want you to be, you know, I don't want you to be questioning God. But if you need the Lord to speak to you about a direction to take in your life or an answer to a prayer or settling a situation in your, in your life, I want you to trust the Lord to speak to you this morning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. Come on, church, would you gather in with these that have already come?